All right. Welcome to the Yaskast with Yasin uh, and your host, Mia. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hi. So glad to have you here. This is <laughs> this is Yasin from Oh. How the fuck do you pronounce your I instance? I pronounce it like as the individual letters, individual characters. Um, I'm now actually like I always say zero uh, w zero dot is. I think other people say like, oh well, dot dot. Well, the is. issue is is oh well, dot is is another instance which runs Mastodon. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what Autumn said. That she said she picked zero w zero because o w o was already taken. So, yeah, it's it's so tragic that you have to share the name with a mastodon. Instance. I know, I know. How cringe is that? <laughs> but thank you for that introduction, Mia. Yes, that's right. Welcome to the Askcast. This is episode V, uh, not episode five. It is the fifth episode, but it is episode V after all. And this is the Askcast, the podcast that was once called the podcast where everything is correct, as said by Mew Mew at tech.lgbt. And today's guest is none other than someone very uh, special. It is the only post on the uh Mia. Hi, I love to post. <laughs> oh boy, I love posting, as uh, as oh, you oh, once oh. <laughs> as you once said. Uh, Mia is my uh, platonic wife. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, we got married last week. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we've been married for like we've been married for like two, like three months now, I think. Yeah, two or three years. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, me is the only wife I've legitimately married. Um, I am married to two other people uh, against my uh, will. That's <laughs> Lizzie and Moshi. And Moshi is uh, apparently pregnant with my child right now. Not sure how that happened. I think it's probably because of all the hand holding that leads to pregnancy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Couldn't <that's>... agree more. <laughs> Hand holding leads to to pregnancy. Um. So how you how you doing today, Mia? Yeah. So I mean, still uh still ill as always. Can't can't st- sit up for for more than uh, ten minutes. So I'm doing the the podcast horizontally. Are you doing it horizontally uh, right now? Yeah, the only horizontal podcast on the Fediverse. <laughs> I think this is I think this is the only one that's on the Fediverse. No, I think there's actually one other podcast, but I've never ever I don't know what it's called and I've never like heard it. Disarray's uh Tech Bro Headmate has apparently started a podcast too. Oh, okay. So got competition. Here. Oh I got competition. Oh, okay, okay. But would I have the uh, diversity and smorgasbord of guests that I will have a, a, a mine. Yeah, they, they don't have Mia, so it's, that's true. it's that's true. dead on arrival. Really. And I, I have Mia. Uh, I left on the fifth episode because number five is very important for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love the number five. <laughs> number five is alive! Yep, got five fingers, five hands, five limbs. You know, I love the number. You have five limbs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you think about it. Yes, yes, that's right. You have a you're a fifth limb, I see. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so the <laughs> 
podcast is going very well. This is going so well. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I have like I have like a whole like page of of notes that I made because I've been like the past week. I've been just thinking of random stuff, and um, even like last night, even like this morning, I I had a dream in the studio with you here, and um, well, the difference is that your icon was colored like pink instead of so this nice purple hue that it's got going on here. Oh yeah, by the way, for the first time in. Uh, five episodes. My name on the uh, in the studio is now just Yasin. Uh, so for the past four episodes, it's been. I know. Applaud. Applaud. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know why it's fixed now, <laughs> but I am now officially Yasin according to the to the studio app we're using. Congrats on getting the legal name change. <laughs> yeah, and I had some questions in that dream that I thought were really useful, and I've written them down. In my notes, and there's quite a lot of notes here. But yeah, um, obviously the first thing I do want to ask you is, how did you get started on the Fediverse? Because you've been around the Fediverse for like a considerable amount of uh, time, I suppose. Yeah, about, I'd say, 10 months so Oh, far. okay. So I've been on the Fediverse longer than you have? Yeah, I haven't been here very long. Uh... It's funny, because <laughs> you're just like Julian, that you have this impression of someone who's been on the Fediverse for way way longer than they seem to i i, I guess yeah. it's probably because of like all the um or like because you self-host and stuff and you you know quite a bit of detail about yeah um, i'm just you know really intelligent and such yes that's right you are very intelligent you watch a lot of rick and morty that's the yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love i loved season three of rick and morty that was my favorite one <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> how I started on the Fediverse, yes. Yeah. So it was a long, long time ago, uh, back in back in the days when Twitter got, you know a, a little bought out. Yeah, they, they did they did a little trolling, uh, a little bit of corporate acquisition. So people didn't really like that mm-hmm. uh for some reasons. I, I had a Twitter account but I posted about like once a month or so. <laughs> Just like when I had a, a sort of premonition from a higher being, I would post. Uh, but most of the time, I would post on on Discord with friends, right? Okay. In Discord servers, but I also used Reddit at the time. Mm-hmm. And oh, you're you're epic redditor, I say. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I had so many golds. <laughs> I think, I think on my biggest account, I had like a hundred thousand karma. Wow. It was, yeah, I've I've been a long time Reddit user. <laughs> it's a fucking terrible platform. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, tell me about it. It's like Reddit is to to forums like uh, Walmart. It's like mom and pop corner shops. You know, it centralized yeah. all that into this very awful platform that you kind of had no choice but to use. The thing is, if you imagine like the Fediverse now, you have all of these very distinctive communities yeah, yeah. in the Fediverse, and they all despise each other. <laughs> and that's the exact same on Reddit. <laughs> Every community was different, and they all hated each other. And all the moderation on the communities was different. There are like some communities where if you even like commented on like a community that they didn't like, they would ban you from like twenty subreddits. Wow, crazy! They had these these cabals like legitimate actual groups of people who spent their days taking over subreddits to to enforce like ideological purity on people it was it was it's a beautiful place mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. 
it is legitimately insane what goes on on Reddit. So I was I was using Reddit one day, <laughs> and I saw someone talking about, you know, the Mastodon network, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was intrigued. You know, we have this alternative, and they recommended some fucking Mastodon server, and I <laughs> I looked at it, and I was like, hmm, this kind of fucking sucks. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Uh, I looked further in the thread, and somebody suggested Snug.moe oh, wow. in the comments. And so I made a Snug.moe account, and that was my first account on the Fediverse, uh, based off of a, a Reddit comment. I just happened upon Snug.moe. I'm sure Cherry's very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> a shout out to Cherry. Shout out to Cherry. Shout out to Cherry, yes. The, the best admin. From there, uh, I posted. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we probably crossed paths like a little bit after you joined Dan. Because I think I think we weren't friends when I was on Mastodon.org, but we definitely were friends when I was on Snowden. So I think it mm-hmm. must have been a few months into your uh, tenure at Snug.moe that we must have crossed paths. I'm sure it was yeah. probably because either you shared something incredibly inhospitable to human life and i was like i had to follow this person straight away or i posted something that was deeply inhospitable to any kind of life form and you were like this this guy this thing i gotta gotta follow him right now yeah i mean i gotta follow i gotta follow the source of the ass posts that's right that's right and i gotta follow the source of the the mere posts and now here we are in this uh very cozy studio yeah, this too is Yuri. <laughs> I mean, we did have breakfast. You had breakfast, and I had dinner at the same time today. And I think that's that's very Yuri, very gay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm already pregnant from that. Oh wow! I mean, th- that's just a testament to how much uh, how much riz I have with the females. The wonders of nature. The wonders of nature. It's true. First, I get mostly pregnant through all the hand holding, and now you're pregnant because we had dinner at the same time. It's yeah, we have remarkable. so many children to eat. So many children to eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful delivery. Wonderful. So don't talk to me until I've had my son. <laughs> don't, don't speak to me or my breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> so after um, Snug.Meg, you created your own instance which is void dot rehab so if you want to yeah. tell me about that why did you decide to create your own snug.moe ran on found key uh right. which is sort of this it originated in like the ni- 1980s i think oh i see i see along along with COBOL and stuff right yeah COBOL. yeah and it was a fork of miskey and it i think it was it intended to preserve the miskey 12 style uh where Miski had upgraded to 13 or 14 at that point. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so they wanted to preserve, like, an older style of Miski. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a community fork. And it was legitimately pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, except for the fact that they didn't have migrations, and they also didn't get post-edits when CalcKey added post-edits. And, and, oh, okay. Yeah. And CalcKey was invented in 2030 uh, <laughs> when they realized they didn't have enough Miski forks. <laughs> So, in Calkey was sort of, you know, 
they got post edits. Like, I don't got to redraft anymore. That's pretty cool. And so I decided to make my own instance uh, and use calc key Mm -hmm. uh, version like 14.0.0 dash like beta dot three. Oh, wow. Okay. The the last calc key version. I I used the fucking Ubuntu install script. <laughs> it was so awful. I hate that script. That was the creation of Void at Rehab. The only Fetty instance. The only Fetty instance, right? So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so as been as has been established through the great uh, Fetty law, you are the only post on the Fediverse, and Void at Rehab is the only Fediverse instance. Which which mm-hmm. I guess means that you're talking to yourself if. I'm your old account. Well, I, I do I do frequently talk to myself. It's it's a pastime of mine. Why would he talk to someone else? They're just gonna <laughs> say like worse words back. <laughs> yeah, like at least with yourself, you know what you're getting when you talk to yourself. You know exactly yeah. what you're gonna say. There's no surprise. Every there. line a banger. I'm telling you. It's true. It's true. Every time you talk to yourself, you're talking to the realest motherfucker you know. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so one of the notes I made in my in in my dream phase was uh, the word "joyfriend" is is just here. I think I think this is relate in relation to our discussion of what you would call me if if we were dating. Mm. And I said, unfortunately, I can't say that word on air. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow, Mia, that that means a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome so on, on here i said joy friend and i said i think i said to you that joy friend feels very weird to say uh to me so the wow, that was so crazy that was such a good transition you seen <laughs> you had such a good conversation about that. <laughs> i'm so glad i came here <laughs> thank you mia thank you mia for your uh your uh, vital confidence there. So you live in uh, sunny California, um, specifically mm-hmm. in the city of technology, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. So how long have you been living there? Quite some time, all your life, I presume? Or... Yeah, so uh, about a year and a half in the city. Mm-hmm. I lived in suburbia for the other all of my life. Oh, uh, okay. You know, spent my long, hard days developing dissociative disorders. It's certainly an experience going from, like, the literal, like, literal hell mm-hmm. uh, that is suburbia to the, the, the joys of San Francisco and, and our, our wonderful public transit network <laughs> and our, our vibrant culture and our aggressive anti-homeless action. Uh, it's just it's such an amazing experience here. Do you, do you find that, um, so obviously as you've... You- you probably like grown up with the city developing and and all that. So, do you think that the tech industry has been a boon or a bust, or is it a kind of a nuanced situation there for you in terms of being someone who lives and breathes San Francisco? Lol. <laughs> is the tech industry is the tech industry good or bad? Ha ha ha. okay so it is complicated so the current main business of san francisco is parting venture capitalists with their money Mm. that's our main business model here 
So, you know, you just sort of randomly get startups set up here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you sort of look at where they are and their progression and you see, oh, they just recently had a venture capital round, which right. means they're probably not profitable, which means if I buy from them, from them, a venture capitalist is paying for my groceries. Yes, that's right. Uh, which is very fun. <laughs> uh, but issue is that uh, venture capitalists are actual ghouls. Yeah. They're, they've got the, 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 a genetic predisposition to being the worst people you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and so they kind of fuck everything up. They've yeah. got a lot of money that we can steal. Yeah. And so it's it's a it's a mixed bag of they've completely ruined the city, but my groceries got delivered by on venture capitalist dime, which is really <laughs> funny. Yeah. I think um in the early days of Uber, I think the venture capitalists were subsidizing each ride by about a I mean like a third or a quarter of, of all rides on Uber were subsidized by venture capitalist funds which i think is kind of funny to think like that it's like these guys are basically blowing their money in an attempt to fund a winning horse and i hope that yeah. this horse will then monopolize the market and charge infinite yeah. money so that they can recoup their investment and then it's like mm-hmm. uber is never going to be right. profitable right there will be no point in the future mark my fucking words <laughs> that uber will ever make a profit at scale yeah they might scale down to like 10 taxis and then make a profit but they're not they're they're never going to be successful Mm -hmm. they're just going to be big and it's just a sinkhole that you that venture capital keeps throwing money into because all of them have you know uh brain damage uh that (laughs) makes them predisposed predisposed to destroying all of their savings yeah yeah it's it's true i mean uber has been around for like god i feel like 10 15 years by now um and they've only turned a profit in one quarter and that was like this year and it was such a momentous occasion that it made like headline news it's like (laughs) really a company that turned a profit is not like it shouldn't be like a headline news but but for uber it was and it's it's interesting if you consider that they will never make money because i i agree the same thing is that the entire thing has been so thoroughly bought into it's essentially like a like a, a cult of venture capitalism in that uber's been around for so long that it has to you know it has to make money eventually it has to win it must win because otherwise all this money that everyone's poured into it just dissipates you know, it's truly too big to fail. It's truly too big to fail. And yet, when you look at Uber's business model, like you'd think that it actually is kind of perfect, right? They don't own the cars, okay? They don't pay for the maintenance, right? They they use whatever legal loopholes they can to make sure that the drivers and, and riders are not employees. They even skirt as much localization as they can just in general. Like, for example, like by, by launching in cities that they don't have a, a permit to operate in. And so even with the fact that they have offloaded pretty much every portion of the taxi experience to some, uh, to, to some poor guy who's like working like 100 hours a week, they still can't turn a profit. They have the perfect business model, right? Like, if, 
And yet they still can't turn a profit. And it's thinking, where's all this money going to? Like, what is the venture capitalist funding? You know, how many, how many, like, how much staff do you need to update an app and to hand out Uber stickers to put on someone's aging Toyota Corolla? The issue here lies in the views that venture capitalists have in terms of business growth mm. and business structure. Uh, if you look at the average venture capital startup, uh, it's not stable. Yeah. It's not like productive. Mm. Uh, they will throw money at growth above anything else. If something will grow them, they will spend money on it. Mm -hmm. And this creates an incredibly unstable business model yep. of just grow, grow, grow. The venture capitalists will demand growth. They will not demand profit. They will demand growth and growth and growth. Mm -hmm. Because in order for venture capitalists to make any money, well, they, they're not particularly intelligent. So mm -hmm. most of their money goes to waste. Mm -hmm. And so the very small portion of the good startups that they invest in have to be really good in order for them to turn a profit. Mm -hmm. And so they keep pressuring for growth. Uh, because they want that unicorn that will turn them a profit. Yep. The issue is that the model of infinite growth is inherently flawed because we have a limited amount of resources and a limited amount of customers. Mm -hmm. And so it is fundamentally, every Silicon Valley startup is fundamentally flawed and is not able to operate in a sane manner. Just remind me of this um, 1995 essay, Richard Barbrook, um, who called the Californian ideology. And what you're saying is very, very close to his critique in, in what he said. He is essentially, his central premise is that the rise of the Silicon Valley kind of startup scene, especially around San Francisco and so on, is a, is a paradoxical a hybrid of kind of neoliberalism and also like a, a weird kind of hippieism. I'm just going to uh, read out a quote actually from the from the essay to you, which is that the this new faith has emerged from a bizarre fusion of the cultural bohemism of San Francisco with the high tech industries of Silicon Valley. The Californian ideology promiscuously combines the freewheeling spirit of the hippies and the entrepreneurial zeal of the yuppies. Uh, that sounds quite positive, but you have to think of it as it a very sarcastic. Hmm. Yeah, the promiscuous sort of slutty ideology of California. Mm -hmm. It's 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 fun. It's and it's such an interesting critique because it is kind of a. a contention that the this this californian ideology is has essentially made corporations far more powerful than they really ought to be if it were a kind of you know if it were a quote-unquote non-californian uh equation it's not to say of course that companies that aren't californian can't be evil look at walmart for example but the reality is that even a company like walmart is pumping growth somewhere Whereas the Californian ideology is more about taking that money, using it to create nothing, but then also 
in the process, gaining huge, huge, huge amounts of power. And I think, you know, even though the essay was from 1995, they, they are really, really right. We now have people who, rich white men from, you know, Northern California, like Zuckerberg and, and uh, Jack Dorsey and so on, who, who are making political, social and ideological decisions for the rest of the world. And that's a huge amount of hegemonic power that these corporations, these individuals who, um, who are linked to them, do have. Yeah, I, I think we should him in the streets. You bleep that out. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't like that bit. <laughs> you want me? You want me to cut that out? No, just just bleep it out. I want them. I want them to know that I threatened Mark Zuckerberg, but not what I threatened. Oh, okay. Him yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't worry. I'll, I'll I'll bleep it out. I think I do have a bleep. Popping. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bleep that podcast here. <laughs> I can believe that. Yeah, sure. I I agree with you. I think that we should to Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I think what what really needs to happen is he needs to be put into the center of the tenderloin, zero security, zero police for about forty hours, and if he survives, he's allowed to keep going. It is 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 the trial. <laughs> just just pop him straight there and just watch what happens. Uh, you do. Uh, you remind me of another thing, which is uh, very recently, uh, Linus Fail Tips said that ad block is piracy, and I want to know what you think of that kind of statement, especially from that kind of person. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if ad block is piracy, then I'm just going to keep being a pirate. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, if you make your content inaccessible uh, for consumption through normal means, then I will pirate it. Mm -hmm. If you make your your show only available on Netflix, I'm not going to buy Netflix. I'm going to torrent it. Okay. I'm not going to go through these shitty systems that you've you've built. Part me with my money and part me with my uh time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spend hours and hours looking at your ads for shit that I'm never going to buy. Mm -hmm. Like, fucking Coca-Cola ads. I'm not going to drink Coca-Cola. <laughs> it's literal death juice. Yeah. I drink water all day. That's all I drink. I'm not drinking fucking Coca-Cola. Fuck off. Mia is a proud hydro homie. It's, it all sucks. It sucks. All the ads suck. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The, you know, adverts go back to this kind of neoliberal idea of the individual. Not the, not the kind of liberal idea of the individual, which is a completely separate idea, but this neoliberal idea of the individual which is that the individual is free to do what they want as they please but the individual can be sold back their individuality by corporations right you are not a real individual unless you're drinking coca-cola with everyone else you're not a real individual unless you are you know driving a, a ford pickup truck you're not a real individual unless you're doing this that or the other right because the whole point is to put inside you some kind of fomo that's you know this social anxiety you're not a real person unless you're doing this thing that everyone else is doing you know you're gonna miss out if you don't drink coca-cola you're gonna miss out if you don't buy a ford pickup truck and it's like well actually you know the whole neoliberal appetizer is designed to sell you back your own self when in reality if you live as a pirate, if you live without has, if you live without being sold yourself, 
you are a much freer individual because you can decide what that is for yourself. Yeah. And also, like, $10? Like, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, so they, they raised the price, actually, in the UK. So it's, like, uh, £15 a... No, it's, like, £16 a year, a month for this shit. That's more expensive than a burger. I'd much rather get a burger yeah. than a Netflix subscription. And, it's, and, it's, and of course, with their, recent, with their recent announcement that they will basically cuck you if you're watching Netflix on more than one place at a time. So it's like, well, okay, Wait, so... You, hmm? For $10? Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, so if you, so if you have kind of sold now. <laughs> yes, for ten dollars, they will they will cuck you. That's right. <laughs> but no, no. This is this is in reference, obviously, to the fact that if you have watch, if you're watching Netflix on at more than one physical location at a time, the second location will be cut off from watching Netflix for the rest of forever. So now it's more expensive and has less features. That's a winning combination. It's the, it's the further end shitification of so so many things especially in the realm of uh inflation which is really really kicking everyone's oh, ass hell right now. yeah yeah the only kind of inflation i like is actually i don't really like inflation at all um someone else will and and that's that's like their thing you know and they can they can like that kind of inflation but i don't think i don't think anyone really likes the economic kind of inflation yeah, it, it's sort of a bourgeois worldview. Yeah, you're just <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just saying a big word, and I hope that impresses the audience, right? <laughs> I'm calling inflation bourgeois. Oh, oh what, what right, is... sorry. Okay, now, yeah, yeah, inflation is bourgeois. That's blowing right. up some random fox. Is I'm gonna fucking kill that guy. You went outside like last week, and it was honestly gorgeous. Those photos. My legs hurt for a week afterwards. I couldn't, like, stand up. I, I, I had trouble, like, even sitting on my fucking toilet because my legs hurt so much. What you do to get an amazing view, I think it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I gotta have my, my self-destruction. So one of the things I, I wrote in these notes, which I think is a question I I thought you might have a good uh, answer to, what do you think of the, uh, the kind of ethical situation in response to lab-grown meat? Ethical? Yeah, there's a whole ethical like, thing about lab-grown meat. Uh, I mean, it sounds cool to I me. I think it sounds sounds cool to me. Uh, that uh, I mean, like, I would hunt down and kill a cow uh, for a burger. Like, I don't, I don't see the problem with lab-grown meat. <laughs> maybe, maybe, like, it's not, <laughs> it's not got a conscious in there. Maybe, maybe you like the wrong person to ask this question. I'm like, I feel <laughs> yeah. like I'm, this again. This is one of those questions that came to me in my dream. Okay, yeah, sure, I'll write it down and I'll put it in there. And I'm like, and I, as soon as I asked you that question, I was like, is is me really the right person to ask this? I mean, yeah, I'm not a yeah, vegetarian. Like, you're not vegetarian, <laughs> and like, you have no like qualms of eating meat in fact like i'm pretty sure like we've talked about your about like the food you've had and there's been meat in that so yeah, yeah okay we can we can move swiftly on to the, to the next one actually you know what shall we <laughs> shall we go on to the onto the questions that the audience have given us sure yeah let's do that okay okay yeah you gotta give me a really hard hitting oh, yeah. one here to start to start i'm just gonna go from the from the first one to the to the bottom one um <laughs> but <laughs> So the first question is actually quite a hard hitting one. So this is from uh, Expurge, which is Expurge Tech at wetdry.world. The question to us is agender versus asexual. Which is better? Agender? 
But yes, he doesn't have a gender. <laughs> I do not have a gender. It was stolen from me, actually, because I live here in Birmingham. Uh, it was very tragic. You know, I was walking down the street and uh, this guy just bumps into me. You know, it was a really quiet, one of those really quiet muggings that you get. You don't even know, like a pickpocket, mm. right? And then I, I, it was over and I, I got, got back home. I was like, wait a minute. My gender, it's, it's gone. They stuck. Yeah. I, that guy must have stole it, and that's that's it. That's it. You know that I. That's that's how I lost my gender. It's crazy. To me personally, I'm on like SSRIs and antiandrogens, so the the sexual has been gone. Right. Okay. Uh, it has been taken from me by, uh, by, by some guy with a degree <laughs> a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of the questions I think they're both good in their own ways. I think one is better, but I won't say which. <laughs> but I feel very strongly about that. Oh, okay, that. okay, okay. But you just, want, you just want to say it. Okay, that's fair enough. I just want you to know that I have a very controversial opinion here. Oh, yeah? If I say it, I would get, I would get canceled. I'm telling you. Canceled. You don't have an opinion, do you? <laughs> you don't fucking care. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, Please. Mia. I know you. Literally, just do whatever the fuck you want. We've been friends for far too long. <laughs> the next question is from... What is this name? How do I pronounce... Okay, whatever. It is from Apazun at fetty.interestingzinc.xyz. This is... Shout out to our good friend Apricot. Ah, interesting sink. Yeah, I, I do remember when Elon did that. <laughs> How many voids would a void rehab rehab? If I void rehab, could rehab voids? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess that does bring around the question of, of the name of void rehab. Yes! Uh, and the origins of Why that. did you name it such? There's this handy, handy website called DomCom, which I will not spell for you. Okay. Good luck. Uh, and it lists every single top-level domain. All of them. There's, like, over 300. Okay. And... So I just scrolled through, and I, I was looking at them, and I was thinking, wow, rehab, that sounds cool. It's got, like, a medical vibe to it. I have medical trauma. <laughs> like, you know, it's it's going well here. And the sort of void represents, like, the sort of dissociative fugue state that you go into when you're on Fetty. Hopefully that's a universal experience, or otherwise I have some sort of dissociative disorder, but that doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I, I totally... Don't have that, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is in derealization. Right. So how I imagine the world is, is very much inaccurate. Okay. So I, I view my apartment as a, as a sort of contained space. Right. Outside of these walls, I see nothing but black, mm -hmm. uh, which is a sign of mental illness, but... Uh, it's that sort of void feeling of everything outside of what I can see right now is gone. None of it exists. None of it is real. None of it can hurt me. And that, that sort of idea of the void sort of completely surrounding me uh, and that, that feeling of safety that there's nothing there uh, is sort of why I chose the word void there. Felt it really, it really fit sort of that vibe. Wow, that's really interesting. I think your, your instance time is probably... One the the more interesting. I mean, there's plenty of interesting instant names out there, but yours is particularly interesting just because it's a a combination of two words that I would never kind of see together. 
avoid and, and yeah. rehab. And I didn't even know there was a rehab TLD until, of course, I saw your instance name. Um, and I was on instance. I was on your instance for a very short while, actually, wasn't I? Yeah. Then you kicked me out like a like a landlord. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not a yeah, I'm I not tried. a single mom, okay, yeah. with five, three children, right? <laughs> that's the only kind of people you're allowed to yeah, kick out. You're a single. A yes. single. Yes, I, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but no, no, no. Obviously, it's totally okay. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta make sure that you have the right amount of resources being used and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah I I, yeah. I did enjoy my time on Void Rehab. It was very nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is the best instance on the entire platform. Sure, it is. The, I'm no, it's not. My my instance is, but that's that's a that's <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's a we can uh, disagree to agree we can agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, it is. It is Bart's favorite instance. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> So yeah, so what's the what's the answer to the question? How many voids would a void rehab rehab if a void rehab could be rehab voids? Well, so the void sort of can't be quantified in this sort of context, sure. as it is like an omnipresent infinite expanse. So I would sort of say like three or four. <laughs> three, three or four. Yeah, that sounds like a decent number. Yeah, but okay, okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> The uh, next question is from Sparky. That's Sparky at transfam.social. Just say hi to Mia from me, please. And then Lena Isadora at lena.tech.lgbt also said hi from me as well. So that's uh, Sparky, Lena, say hi to you. Fuck you. Okay. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, hi, hello, yes, hi, hi There we yes. go, there we go, you uh, got hello. down the end You got down the end <laughs> I had a bit And then I forgot the bit halfway through Saying it <laughs> Oh shit, you know And so it was just incredibly rude <laughs> you were just, just, just rude, just rude ironically Right <laughs> Yeah oh, Actually, I do, I do want to ask you So, um, just like, just like Julia You were one of the Original Yasinists Mm-hmm. So I I want to know like how did you feel then and how do you feel now about the whole kind of thing you know it's yeah so the issue with going into a dissociative fugue state whenever you open Fetty is that you don't really form any long term memories <laughs> okay uh Yasinism is a very interesting concept to mm-hmm. me because there's a decent amount of religious trauma and sort of cult uh act sort of like cult related trauma not not just specifically in what is traditionally considered a cult but also structures such as you know capitalism and a systemic transphobia all these sort of systems where if you question anything like that is is core to the ideology then you'll be shunned Yep. yep and these sort of cult ideas uh, are sort of reclaimed through Yasianism. It, it's a sort of taking of, of this trauma and turning it into a funny bit. <laughs> uh, and sort of reclaiming that, that pain and that trauma. Right, yeah. That's, that's, a really, that's, a re- that's a really heartwarming and really interesting way of looking at it. I've, you know, that, that it... Yeah, I made it up two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do you feel about it now, obviously? Because... Reference you would wonder the ones mentioned in the dream post, and so therefore you are a initiator. It's a bit, it's a funny bit. Uh, I think 
specifically like the the Yassianism like tag putting that or Yassianist in your username <laughs> is sort of a bit mm. past its point mm. because you know it's already been you know five day and night cycles. <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been way longer so, than that. Yeah. So it's sort of it's sort of over at this point. Uh but like in terms of the Yas lore and such, it's it's just a funny bit, you know, just sort of ascribe random things to you see in. Yeah, it it is it's funny for some. Uh <laughs> Lol. <laughs> I, I it is it is funny. It is it is it is mildly amusing when another crazy thing happened like that. Uh like when I when I'm accused of shooting JFK. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why that one sticks in my memory so much. Probably because it's just <clears throat> yeah. so funny. You, yeah. you were the Umbrella Man. I was the what? You, the Umbrella. So there's a there's a conspiracy theory around JFK's assassination. Mm. Right where like JFK was shot, there was a guy holding an umbrella, right. like just on the side of the road, in like perfectly clear weather, just holding an umbrella, and people were like. That guy's definitely involved. Uh, he wasn't, but you know, it was it was an interesting conspiracy theory. The idea is like he moved his umbrella to signal the shooter, or he somehow knew uh, that something was happening. Turned out it was like a reference to Neville Chamberlain <laughs> uh, <laughs> and an appeasement, uh, which that's. That's that's not that's, that's, a, that's, that's a stretch. not involved with the assassination of JFK. That that's a real stretch. I mean, it's funny you mention that because, of course, Neville Chamberlain was born here in Birmingham. That's just a funny coincidence. It's... So you could have stopped appeasement. I I could have stopped appeasement. You could have stopped appeasement. That's your fault now, you see. Whoa! You were there. You were there. You saw Neville Chamberlain. I saw, and you decided, I will, I will let him live. Wait, what? <laughs> World War Two was your fault. You World War Two is my fault. Yes, because I didn't stop Neville Chamberlain. Exactly. What the? You know how many hours they have in Hearts of Iron Four? I know this stuff. <laughs> what the? Fu- what the? Fu- no not more crazy Yaslo why have you done this (laughs) oh my god oh 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 do you want some breaking news by the way go ahead so you remember that uh website you know the one that i got banned from t2 now called Mm -hmm. pebble well Mm -hmm. it is shutting down Ooh, as of as of yeah. one minute ago, <laughs> hell yeah! Oh my god, I can't believe it! I outlasted that website. <laughs> oh, can't wait to post about this later today, guys. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get that you're excited to host a social media platform. <laughs> 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 okay, so the next question is from Bard at transfam.social. Hello, Bard, my uh, my brother. Hello, Yasin. Hello, Mia. Mm-hmm. Question one. What is memes? A meme is sort of a, a piece of 
knowledge or or information that is passed around between like generations and around people mm. it, it's this sort of mimetic knowledge of of you know random things uh and and through the internet and the sort of global reach this meme concept is able to spread not just from like ancestors but also throughout the world creating this sort of information superhighway that's right that's right uh between the poster and the lurker. Yeah, that was gonna be uh, so that's that was gonna be my answer too. That's what the, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what a meme is. That's that is one of Yeah, I, I would I would say pretty much the same thing. Uh you know, a meme is piece of cultural if you wanna think of it this way, the the Kilroy image is a meme because it was a piece of cultural knowledge that is passed around and passed through generations and appears in random places just like a just like a meme would. Um and you know, mm-hmm. the acceleration of memes over the past I'd say since the mid twenty tens, maybe late actually late twenty tens, is kind of accelerating. Uh, if you consider like when in when I was in my early twenties, the meme culture was a completely different thing. And and each individual meme had more staying power. And I compare that to mm-hmm. now where you consider a meme comes and goes at least weekly, maybe even daily. Perhaps by 2050, we might even have memes of the hour kind of thing, you know, in terms of how rapidly they spread, mm-hmm. but also how rapidly they end up declining. A meow bounce meme yes. uh, for the period that that lasted was like two or three yeah, hours. Yeah. It, it was a very quick. No one. one's ever referenced that ever again, you know? Like, yeah. You know, so so we're, we're already at that stage where a meme can appear and then disappear within a blink of an eye. If you were asleep, be asleep, and in that time period, like two or three memes have, have gone. Meanwhile, in comparison, you know, I can still remember memes from when I was in my early 20s. Still, in my eyes, have cultural caches, such as uh, Loss, for example, the various SpongeBob memes, for example. But I think those are kind of different that they're based on a long running media. Well, yeah. to call. Control or delete a piece of media is probably doing a disservice to the term media, but um, that's besides the point entirely. <laughs> so yeah, that's the that's the answer question of what is memes. Uh, the next question is, what is your plans for the spooky season? Any plans for Halloween? Uh, so my plans mostly is to lie down in bed and dissociate really hard. So what about you? Yes, on the 29th, I'm going to see my friend Natasha for a Halloween special. So that should be good. That's 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 mm. pretty much it. I am in my late twenties, so I am getting very tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think in a way, there's there's certain kinds of of traumas that either mature you faster or mature you slower. Right. Uh, so you look at like age regression, and and that's sort of a trauma uh, trauma that uh, matures you slower. I got the trauma that matures you faster, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I, I wouldn't really, like, do much for, like, a holiday beyond, like, maybe hanging out with a friend. Mm. Whereas I see a lot of people my age or, you know, early 20s, they, you know, put on their, you know, whore outfits <laughs> and go to their their queer Halloween parties and, like, have sex or whatever people do these days. It it just seems all a bit a bit young to me, mm, mm. even though I am younger than most of those people. Mm, mm. 
I'm a jaded old 19-year-old. Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) 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 You know, sometimes sometimes I I don't need to get ID'd because they can see the jaded millennial look in my in my eyes they just they just look and say yep this guy has been through you know the 1000th once in a generation uh event yeah. i can give them this box of scissors <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i'm 63 so people generally can be old by the way my dms are open um. <laughs> <laughs> well you you heard you yeah, heard so... you heard me out yeah her DMs are open if you if you wanna get in yeah, on that. You come in, you know, I'll I'll call you a punching bag and then leave you unread. Um <laughs> Is this how you treat Liv? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know. This is this is just how I do things here. I mean, I haven't really attempted to buy anything that I'm not allowed to buy. Cause like You're... why would I drink right. alcohol when I can just dissociate and like why would I? Why would I want to do something that makes me feel like shit when I could just remember my parents? There is a running, running thing where at least once an episode, someone will mention something hideously terrible like that. I, I but it's really funny. It's real. It's a really good bit you see. In it's a really. It's good a bit. really good bit. It's happened once every episode now. I, I, this is five episodes in, and already there's like there's like themes, right? For each episode, like each episode <laughs> has the same themes. Okay, no matter the guess, there's always some mention of trauma, right? There's always a a huge, huge like like digression from a topic this is a digression from a to- oh my god this is one right now we're in a digression already holy fucking shit see i every episode is groundhog day to me <laughs> just <laughs> just with different guests <laughs> every day i wake up and talk to someone about trauma and then go to sleep <laughs> And I said, I said this question was de- was delicious. It was a very delicious question. Perhaps not not for you. Um, but the uh, next yeah. next question is from April. That is at April at wetdry.world. Great instance name. I that's a reference to uh, Mario, right? Yeah, the, it was. Well, the the name of the level is a reference to the assassination of of JFK. Right. Uh, sure. But- yeah, so really, it's a reference to you, you see. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck the landing. Stuck the landing. <laughs> I was like being reference to. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I got it now. Um. So so April's question to us is, how does Nia find so many post post ideas? Does it take them from somewhere, or does it come up with everything itself? Yeah, so I, the way I think is quite odd, uh, as you might have been able to guess via the posts. <laughs> I've been, like, terminally online my entire life. Mm. Like, I, I I can't remember a time where I wasn't terminally online, which isn't really saying much, because I can't really remember more than three days right. ago. sure. Uh, but, you know, I've had a lot of practice in posting, <laughs> uh... And and the sort of, you know, humor uh, at, you know, expensive trauma and such is, you know, a big coping mechanism sure. for me. Uh, because, you know, trauma is inherently funny. Oh, in yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it's funny. 
it's interesting because I think you and I have a very compatible, I suppose, uh, approach to to posting. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that you would you'd agree with that statement. Yeah, that's why we married. That's why. Sorry, married. Yeah, that's right. That's why we are married. Yeah, we're compatible in posting, compatible in everything else. So I think I think it is is funny to to make kind of light of the trauma that you have. I do have obviously quite a lot of baggage and whatever, like everyone else does. You know that kind of stuff. And most and a fair few of my my posts and jokes are informed by that. I think I think if if you're not doing something about what's happening to you, then you are just letting it unfold you. You know, and that's not the best thing to do. So why not? Why not make jokes about it? Why not make posts about it? Why not get everyone else in on the whole thing? And I think what is kind of really good about the way that you do these posts is that the joke is not about you. It is about the trauma. Mm -hmm. And and this is like a separate thing entirely, but I feel like self-deprecating humor isn't actually very funny to me because if I laugh at what you're saying, then I'm laughing at you. And that's kind of uncomfortable to be laughing at your own misfortune. Whereas if uh, I don't laugh at you, then it's just fucking awkward, right? But compare the jokes that you make about trauma to jokes about yourself. And your jokes about trauma are just funny, right? They're in some way relatable. And if you don't have trauma, they are funny in themselves in that they're a, a kind of observational humor, right? You don't need to be of a particular persuasion to to laugh at observational humor. Yeah. and. So I, I used to do a lot of self-deprecation right. and I sort of realized at a point that kind of fucking sucks, not gonna mm. lie. Like it's just self-harm, but like in public, yeah. which is kind of a shitty thing yeah. to do. Yeah. At least in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Like like I said, you know, it comes back to the fact that well actually by making yourself the topic of the joke in a self-deprecating way, you you are kind of including everyone else in your own heart you know if they laugh at you well sure you've made a perhaps made a funny joke but now it's at your expense and everyone else is kind of doing that to you whereas compare the opposite right which is a self-aggrandizing humor which is something that i very regularly engage in now if you don't laugh at what i've said well okay that's fine right you know but at least i've said something positive and if you do laugh at something i've said then it's just funny you know, like if you think yeah. of it, if you think of humor, if you think of it as bringing someone down, if you laugh at someone's self-deprecation and you're bringing them down further, if you laugh at someone's self-aggrandization, then you're just bringing them down back to normal. You know, like no one is kind of hurt in that in that way. All right. Do you want do you want to post right now? Well, one of my posts that would be really controversial here. All right. Here okay. you go. Here you go. Self-deprec- self-deprecation is the jumping in front of a train of self-harm. That's that's a good post. I'd, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I'm posting that after this, this oh, episode. Oh, excellent. Okay. I look forward to, to seeing that. It, I, do, I do find it funny how these episodes take place in the past to whenever someone's listening to it. So this is like a microcosm of like, like two or three or four days ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and like that's what sort of happened there is is the process that I go through. I hear 
I've got an idea. Yeah. No, there's a concept here yeah. of, of self harm and you know suicide and such. These these me- these sort of things are perceived as as negative mental states. Yeah. Uh, and playing on that, trying to uh, trying to sort of find those those core shared concepts that everyone can understand that are also like would immediately vaporize a liberal. Uh, <laughs> and sort of going from there to create the most offensive post possible, because uh, I think there is a lot of humor in offensive posting. Yeah. Uh, and I make a lot of offensive posts, but if you notice, I have never said the N-word. I've right. never yeah. said that black people are bad. Yeah. I've never said these, these like, I've never done racism, I've never done sexism. Okay, I did a little bit of sexism. But, like, I don't, these things are not funny. They're not funny. It's it's offensive, sure, but not in a funny way. Right, the funny in these, in, in being bigoted is from the kind of self-serving way that people do it you know it's like yeah you're like oh yeah i've said the n-word hi isn't that funny that the the funny is really like um like you've made someone upset right it's like okay yeah uh i've made someone in power upset for something that doesn't actually matter yeah whereas whereas being offensive in a funny way is completely different Right, and I I agree yeah. completely with what you're saying because, yeah, like me, me po- replying to GitHub and saying your mom sucked me good and hard through my jorts is offensive. <laughs> that is offensive, but it's also really it's funny. So fucking funny. And do you know what makes it even funnier? So, mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Awesome. Good my uh, my instance, admin. Awesome has a defederated GitHub. Um, from my instance. So whenever you reply to GitHub, I have no idea what the context is, right? And oh, it's it's never in context. It's always unrelated. But it doesn't matter because what you're saying is just absolutely hilarious, right? And I know exactly yeah. what you mean by the kind of offensive but funny joke. Like, of course, the go-to example for this, of course, is the the he him uh, Heinrich Himmler joke that I made. Mm-hmm. And that is offensive. Like that is that is hideously offensive, you know. But my God, is if it's not funny, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he he him as a dog whistle for Heinrich Himmler. Like who the, who the fuck says that? You know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that's funny. You know, the audacity there is what makes it funny, right? You'd ask him saying something like that. It's it's funny, you know. And the offensiveness and audacity, and it just just all around makes it funny. You know, and that's why you and I should really be a stand-up duo, or at least mm-hmm. like have our own like. Well, probably, well, not not right not now because like... I can't stand up for very long. <laughs> okay, in that case, we'll have, we'll have yeah. to have our own Netflix special done. Yeah, I'll I'll be I'll be episode six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. All right. <laughs> once once you get once you manage to get up. It's the me ass <laughs> The uh, next question is from Kitty Cat. That is Mew Mew at tech.lgbt. If Mia is the only poster of the Fediverse, is there a point uh-huh. in asking the questions? Do any of us have, been, have the free will in here to come meow up with one she didn't think of herself? Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's good to... Yeah, anyone who has, has submitted a question is fundamentally misunderstanding the point yeah. 
What you're supposed to do is heckle me in the replies. That is that is the 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 point. It is it is the the interaction there. You cannot ask me a question that matters. No question matters because I am the only one who exists. There is no knowledge I have that is not shared with the world for I am the world. And so it it's sort of all you can do is heckle God from, you know, the comfort of your living room. Yeah, that's a good question. I would, I was going to say totally the same thing. Yep, yep, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to answer that question, um, as a as a puppet of Mia, of course, um, is there a point asking questions? I think there's a point just because it's kind of very funny to to pretend that this is all like a like a bit of free will happening. Just just a funny bit for everyone to have free will to ask you questions, Mia. Yeah. I mean, girls love a little loss of free will. Yeah, as a it's, it's it's true true that girls love a little lot. Yeah, okay. Um, the next question. Yes. <laughs> ah, wah, wah, and such. Ah, wah, 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 wah. Ah, wah, 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 wah. That better make in the final cut. You see, in saying ah, wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, wah, 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 wah. Ah, wah, 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 wah. It's like, uh, someone asked me, like, why do people say ah, wah, wah, and Freddy? And I said, I mean, just, like, say it. Right, it's just a very fun thing to say. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, so the answer is childhood trauma, most cases. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I, I, I totally get that. <laughs> um, I, I spoke about my mom last episode. I'm not going to do that again this episode. Uh, is the mm-hmm. <laughs> next question is from Lena at tech.lgbt. Very cute question, I think. Uh, is there anything you would advise to a younger trans person without supportive IRL family? A younger trans person. What are you two? Like, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was I was voted to be twenty six years old last time I did a poll. So I, I guess I just give off those those vibes. You, you know that I'm like twenty eight, right? So it, it it's probably younger in that sense as opposed to like being younger than. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, do do you have any advice for Lena in that regard? Kill your parents. No. no. Uh, so you can get, uh, so you can buy direct order uh, HRT. Uh, go to DIYHRT.wiki uh, and it will tell you uh, how to get this stuff. There is another site which has a full list, uh, like a, a full index of pharmacies. Uh, I've used Otonoko and they've been great. Packaging is fairly discreet. Though it is from Brazil, so they might question you about that. Like, who the fuck goes to Brazil? Uh, but you can you can get it like delivered to a PO box. You can get it delivered to a friend who has a trusted family, uh, and get these these hormones. If you don't have money, yeah, shit sucks. Uh, but uh, you can you know sell images of yourself online or whatever, and you you can have do mutual aid. You can do. You can do a hormone bake sale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, just, you can direct order. Uh, If you're in America, it's perfectly legal. Uh, uh, This is not legal advice, by the way. Uh, It's actually in a gray area, uh, depending on how old you are and where you Mm. live in America. Uh, If you're under 18, then legally you cannot uh, consent to informed consent without your parents. I didn't sign an informed consent uh, forum, so... (laughs) 
Yeah. So yeah, I, that's that's really good, man. That's that's probably going to be really helpful. So Mia says, go to was it uh, DIY HRT HRT DIY? Was that it? Uh, DIY HRT.wiki. I'm D- sure. D- I can double check. DIY.hre. Yeah. D- D- <laughs> DIY HRT.wiki. DIY HRT.wiki. Yep. So if you want to get some uh, little, little little hormone help, then that's the place to go. But Change your gender at home now. <laughs> Download free gender. <laughs> Download free gender. My advice, I think, to someone like you. Lena uh, is probably a bit more like uh, like spirited than Mia's hard advice, but I think the important thing is not to lose sight of who you want to be, just because you are facing dysphoria, you're facing kind of the societal pressures of of what is your acted gender, whatever, right? Don't lose sight of who you want to be, because remember, there is no such thing as too late to be who you are. Okay, I am. 28 and it took me a really long time to work out who i am and not just like an agenda self in like a like a cohesive self right and and there are people who have found out they've been trans or gay or whatever you know in their 70s and 80s there are like world war ii veterans out there right now who whose eggs are cracking you know mm-hmm. so yeah don't don't lose sight of who you want to be and the second thing i recommend is that you do your very best to have a support network fatty of course is a great place to have a support network because there are people who are like you and people understand you and that is a good place but if you can try and find a support network in real life depending on of course the laws in your country it may or may not be illegal to do so so obviously do take care in trying to do that in real life, do try and find a good group of people that you can trust to be around yourself. Like for me, for example, I can't really kind of be open with my family, uh, primarily because of my my mom. Um, but I am open with my brother and, of course, with my friends. And so for me, you know, that is enough in real life support that it feels safe for me to be who I am. You know, obviously, if my parents were accepting and this will be a whole different conversation entirely. Okay. But but I still do have that support network in real life. And of course I have people like you, Mia, um, on Fedi to to support me too. But yeah, that's that's what I would say. Don't lose sight of yeah, I mean, who you want to yeah. be. It's gonna be very yeah. difficult. It's a very difficult time, but you have to remember that is okay because this is statistically your midlife crisis. Yeah. And so it is reasonable for you to have trouble at this yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. You you are you are still evolving as a person, and we all are. So always keep that to heart. Also, if you get informed consent, uh, which is basically ha- what uh, past eighteen before moving out, uh, informed consent can be very helpful. You can like just sign up, and they'll give you a prescription. Uh, don't put it under your insurance. Look up GoodRx.com. Uh, they will give you like. 99% off your drugs. It's fucking magic. I don't get it. But like I saw like spiraling lactone was like 99% off at Target one time. It 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 will save you so much money if you aren't able to put it on insurance. That is the most American uh, like paragraph I've I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a private company that gives you codes that you 
like, you know, go up to Walgreens and like, I want to use this code from GoodRx and you show it to them and they go, okay, and they give you 99% off your drugs. Yeah, and... Also free, by the way. Yeah, and, and, and also, like, don't, don't go to your insurance provider, go to this private company that will give you a coupon code for life-saving medicine. Wow! Oh, your medical provider is also a private company. Just a saying. Your insurance company pays your executives a lot of money. I don't actually think Lena is American, but I, whatever, whatever the cultural circumstances, of course. This is general advice this... for anyone who's American. If you're outside of America, lol, lamau, uh, <laughs> best country in the world, <laughs> you know, number one incarceration rate, American number one. American number one. Uh, such, such. Do, do you know the, the number one cause of uh, deaths in under 15 in the United States? Uh, what is it? Gun, gun crime. Oh, with your vote, we can raise that number to the majority of of uh, deaths under twenty. <laughs> but do you want to know? It actually recently surpassed the number two option, which is being hit by a car. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Get that that high rise F one fifty. Fucking hell! You gotta haul all that lumber <laughs> in your in your spotless F one fifty. Who's never seen a lick of oh my of god? You are telling me off roading. Fifty percent of all new cars in Europe that have been sold have been SUVs or pickup trucks. There's such pointless vehicles because you're not. Are you gonna go to to Home Depot and buy a single two by four like Ben Shapiro? No, you're not gonna do why, that. Why do you even need one? Right, like these things are so huge that so my neighbor, one of my neighbors has one. Okay, and he can't park it in our residential parking area because it is too fucking fat to fit mm-hmm. in the on the entrance road. Like it can come in, right? It can go in, okay, but uh. It's gonna have trouble trouble getting out because there's not enough space for it to do like a like a U turn, like a three point turn to to leave. So he has to park it on the main road, and only because the bays there are wide enough, because there's also a bus stop there. So it has to be that wide, <laughs> right? If there wasn't a bus stop there, it would be normal size, and he's he would still go over the line, right? So he's just lucky in that he has to park it on the main road. But yeah, so and these things are taking over like more and more. Yeah. Vehicles are becoming these huge monstrosities. And if you do need to haul, uh, there's the, the Ludwig, you know, Japanese truck that... Yeah, you know, yeah! That famous truck that he imported that was fucking tiny. It's got, I'm pretty sure, the same bed size yes, as an does, F-150. Yes, it does, it does. Yeah, the, the same depth, uh, too. And <laughs> it's actually easier to use because of the ride height is lower. So it's easier mm-hmm. to load it than with a traditional... F-150. And by the way, do you want to know what has more carrying capacity than F-150? A fucking van, right? Oh, yes. Uh, minivans, vans, they're they're actually, like, incredibly useful if you need to move things. Yeah, and, and there are uh, vans, like, there are small cargo vans um, in the UK that are smaller than some of these SUVs. And, like, these things can carry like a bajillion parcels and your massive like tractor right can carry fewer people 
than my compact rust bucket. Okay, I can fit five people. I can fit two. I can fit one person in front myself and three people in the back comfortably because there's enough legroom. Okay, and my car is a small city car. Okay, these massive pickup trucks and SUVs or whatever. Sure, they can fit five people, but they are not going to have a good time with sitting in the back because there's just not enough room because they got to make way for all the, 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 the platform that is built on. I mean, they could sit in the, in like the, the little tray in the back. Oh yeah, of course. That's right. You could fit a, you could fit like one or two people in there. Put them next to your lumber. <laughs> your single two by four. <laughs> In the Home Depot bag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't have a driver's license. I've never driven a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta I gotta say, there's nothing beats dissociated dissociating in a metro uh, vehicle. True. Like true. the the Muni Metro vehicles here, uh, they're like hybrid uh, underground overground. Mm-hmm. Underground, they go like the speed of like 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 three fourths the speed of a subway. Overground, they go the speed of a bus, but they're on rail, so it doesn't bounce. Uh, so it's a smooth, smooth ride, ride. A smooth ride. Okay. For like forty minutes, and you can just dissociate like completely out of your head, uh, and like, and it's you like know, you just arrived at your destination. Yeah, and like you know, you sort of you know wake up from your fugue state, and you look over, and there's just the beach there. And unlike with driving, you're gonna get pissed off because somebody is worse at driving than you, uh, and they're gonna fucking turn like violating a traffic law, and you're gonna honk at them, and they're gonna honk at you, and they're gonna pull out a gun or something, because uh, it's America. Public transit is so much more for convenient sure, for, sure. uh, for 99 percent of the case, and for that extra one percent, IKEA does delivery. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, for me, obviously, I I drive a I I own and operate uh, a motor vehicle and and so on. Um, most of most of I try and do as much as I can on public transport just because it is very pleasant. It's a it's a nice experience, I suppose. Very lucky that I live close to um the center of town, so it is relatively prime position for public transport. I live I live close to some good bus routes. Um, no train or, or metro, but I do try and do as much as I can on public transport. Unfortunately, uh, Birmingham is quite a car-centric city, even by British standards. I think uh, the ratio of commutes, uh, workday commutes by by public transport in Birmingham is like 30%, which is better than the national average, which is like 25%, but way, way worse than London, where it's like 30%. Is just driving, and London has awful drivers. So I imagine, I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know how bad London would be if everyone drove there at the ratio that they do in Birmingham. But I, I, I would like to imagine that how pleasant Birmingham would be if everyone drove at the same rate they do in London. Everyone drives. You, you, you can live here on public transport. It is certainly doable. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do it. And I, I did that until I got a driver's license and it was certainly fine to do but the reality is that there are so many places in Birmingham and in the kind of surrounding region are just inaccessible to public transport there will be a bus there um, but it comes like every 40 minutes and it will take you like two hours to get there in fact I couldn't continue a relationship 
with a woman because she lived in a part of Birmingham that was just like a like a like a no-go zone if I wanted to get the bus. It was something like I would have to take the bus into town um, and then take a bus to somewhere vaguely close to where she is and then walk like 20 minutes. Yeah. And the the lesson here is that poor bus infrastructure is homophobic. It's homophobic. Yes, exactly. It's homophobic. I could have gone, you know, I mean, how many gobbies did I miss out on? Because there wasn't an existing public transport route. And Birmingham does have uh, a... British people. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, um, you can probably guess. <laughs> and the thing is that the Birmingham does have a have a a light rail network um, called called the Metro. Mm-hmm. It is just one line at the moment. It links the city center with the suburbs in the west, and then it kind of goes on its own its own dedicated track to a another another nearby city. And that's just just one line. That's that's all it's been. Uh, the original plan was to have five lines by the year twenty twenty. Is now sorry by the year twenty ten. It is now twenty twenty three, and we have just <laughs> we have just finished extending the, the first line, and we are kind of building the second line. Except that's not going to be done by the year twenty thirty because two of the stations cannot be built because HS two is taking too long. <laughs> so oh no, <laughs> so so line two can't be completed until HS two is completed. And no one will know when that is completed either. And this extension, by the way, doesn't even leave the city center. That's how like far it is. Okay. <laughs> and then the other line, line three, uh, is has run into funding issues. So they've cut it into lines two A and two B. And so if they run out of money by the time they finish two A, they can just like cut out two B, I suppose. Which, which you know, is fine. Like, fuck those communities, right? That don't have good public transport in in in, in the in the in the outer districts. Uh, so yeah, they should have just had more money. They should have just had more money. Like, why couldn't the conservatives realize that spending money on things is good? But uh, mm. that's a that's a different uh, topic entirely. I think. But yeah, so it, it kind of does suck. So I do need a car for like the, the, I would say, I would say, I think I, my personal mode share is I do a lot, a lot of walking, um, and a lot of bus. And like, I would say at least 40% of all the journeys I take kind of have to be done by car. They could be done by public transport, but then I'd be paying with my time instead of, even with the traffic, that Birmingham is notorious for, it is still quicker to drive to many places than it would be to get the equivalent bus journey because the equivalent bus would still be, would be stuck in the exact, exact same traffic. So, mm-hmm. you know, why, why, why do that? And again, Birmingham is like uh, the size of, of uh, God, I, I don't know which American city to compare it to. Um, Birmingham is, is quite sizable. I would say... Actually, I think I think Birmingham is roughly comparable in geography and density to San Francisco. So, mm-hmm. if you imagine San Francisco without the, the the metro and the tramways and the the BART, then imagine like all of that gone, and you'll kind of you kind of have a good idea of what like 
the city would fall apart without Bart. Like the whole region would feel yeah, like yeah, fall into exactly. chaos without Bart. Exactly. Right. So like Bart gets delayed twenty hour like twenty minutes and like we lose like twenty billion dollars or something. Right, yeah, exactly. And and if Birmingham had a Bart Styles network, fuck if we had a, a com- you know, something similar to the to the municipal uh railway, then wow, we would be such a we would be a booming town. You know, it is a miracle that anything well, like yeah. even gets done. You know, the thing with Bart is that so Bart was supposed to be much bigger. Oh yeah. Uh, so Bart uh, is currently a system of five or six lines. Mm. Uh, it goes from SFO International up through San Francisco mm. into Oakland, mm. where it goes up into Richmond. Uh, to the side to uh, Dublin Pleasanton and one other place that is like completely irrelevant. Uh, and also from Oakland, it goes south to the north of San Jose. Okay. It doesn't go into San Jose. It goes like really close to okay. San Jose. Uh, you have to take a bus into San Jose. Uh, and the original plan was a full loop. Uh, Bart would go from like San Francisco into Oakland, down to San Jose, through all the suburbs, suburbs in the South Bay, all the way back up to San Francisco. Wow. And this would mean that you just run the trains in a circle. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, but, you know, we couldn't get that. So, uh, what we had, uh, we also had BART that was going to go up into Sonoma, uh, which would have bypassed uh, Golden Gate. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having to take a bus across Golden Gate, which you know, I mean, it looks cool, but it's not very fast because uh, it's a vehicle. It's like a car, but like big. Uh, we could have had a tunnel or like a train bridge or something that went, you know, to Sonoma. And it would have been glorious. Sonoma would have gotten so much business out of it. They'd be more developed yeah, instead of, of just being like fucking cow land. But San Mateo, the bastards. The bastards in San Mateo pulled out, of course. and they were the ones funding the Sonoma extension and the San Mateo extension, and they pulled out of the most innovative innovative train project to date in North America, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. BART automatic train control. The first automatic train control system was developed for BART. It was like 1950s. Jesus they didn't have Christ. like computers. The trains were automatic. They didn't have fucking computers. Transistor wasn't even invented. <laughs> it it was the it, it might have actually been 1970, but it is it was the most innovative project like in San Francisco in the Bay Area that's ever happened. More innovative than any bullshit that some fucking Silicon Valley venture capital asshole could ever come <laughs> up with. And San Mateo pulled out and destroyed. The like a third of the system, just completely gone, and now the system makes no sense because we merge at, uh, we intersect with Caltrain at, uh, Mel- uh, Milbrae, uh, but SFO is north of Milbrae, so we have a branch that goes to SFO, and the lines are completely fucked up because of that, and it makes no sense at that southern end. Not to mention the fact that you have to transfer onto Caltrain to get from San Francisco. San Jose in any reasonable amount of time, and the Caltrain vehicles are 50 years old, uh, and, you know, we're getting an upgrade later this year, or next year, uh, but still, 
I would rather just sit in the fucking BART train than transfer to Caltrain at Melbray, even if the, the new double-decker electric uh, Caltrain EMUs are pretty damn cool. I, I would rather just have BART all the way south, but fucking San Mateo pulled out. I fucking hate San Mateo. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's BART. That's incredible to think about, you know, like if we, if we had all the transit projects that we needed to, because the thing, like, if you delay a project like this, then it should have been done 10 years ago, you know, like the, the entire Metro network for Birmingham should have been done like a decade ago, right? But now it hasn't, you know, and now the city is suffering for it. It's crazy because until relatively recently, right, money was cheap, okay? Like it would have, mm-hmm. it would have been. So, I don't understand why. I don't understand why didn't the Blair government, of the Labour government, just throw money at transit projects? They were throwing money at hospitals, they were throwing money at education. But why didn't they throw money at that transport projects? Like, why didn't they think, hey, you know, if we want to improve the British cities, you know, make them more like global or whatever, you know, why don't we just throw money at all the transit, all the proposals that they had? Right, because there were proposals for Birmingham to have like a like a like a like tube network, okay, like an underground railway, right? Mm-hmm. And they obviously that got scrapped because it was too expensive or whatever, you know. And of course, I mentioned the five lines and so on. It's like, why couldn't why didn't none of that shit happen? You know, like we needed that ten years ago, and yet none of them are on the table today. And every single day, transit gets more expensive. Yeah. You cannot wait for transit to get cheap. It will not get cheap. It will only get more expensive. Yeah. The underground, uh, the bar- the the Bay Tunnel, yep. uh, which was the longest tunnel that they had ever built underwater. Like it was a, a marvel of engineering. They had, you know, this is before computer modeling. Mm-hmm. So, and it fucking works. It works. It it's a big fucking tunnel, and it goes under the water. It's in. It's wild. If we were to do it again, I think it would be like ten billion. Yeah. I think was the estimate. It was way cheaper back then. Because, and, and all the welders and shit were union back then. Nowadays, like, less of them are union. You probably get less on labor costs, but the land acquisition is yeah, more expensive. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. all the regulations are more expensive. There's more approvals, more oversight, and a lot of lobbying against it uh, from car companies. It only gets more expensive. Like, if you look at CAHSR, the uh, high-speed rail system from Los Angeles EU uh, through Central Valley to San Francisco. Yeah. Everybody here in California wants that system. We want it because it went over budget and didn't build anything, and we still voted to keep having it. That's incredible. We had a referendum to cancel a CHSR, and we said no. We kept CHSR, even though it's a massive fucking failure uh, in its initial form, and it's being built now. It's it will be so amazing. We could have had it 20 years ago at a lower right, cost exactly. without all the costs of paying all these fucking executives. And, you know, not to mention the fact that contracting is incredibly inefficient and that if, you know, we just made a like a state corporation to build the rail, then it'd be way cheaper. But no, it's fucking communism or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Of course, the same is true of, oh my God. of HS2 in the, in the UK, you know. Last week, the Prime Minister announced at the Conservative Party conference that he was going to scrap the northern section of the route, which is from Birmingham to Manchester. So two important cities now just have their link 
seven, right? At present, there's only one train an hour between Birmingham and Manchester. Okay, that journey. Oh boy. It, that's like that's like you know, and these are the two two most important cities outside of London, and there's only one train an hour. That's that's less frequent than Cal yeah, train, right? From San Francisco to San Jose. Okay, and 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 it's like these these are two big population centers, right? Both important in in whatever industries that we're we're good at. I don't know services, whatever. But and that's one train an hour, whereas the HS two project would have given like many many trains an hour. Okay, more trains than than we probably needed or whatever. Okay, and the and the prime minister said, yeah, I'm gonna cancel it because it's expensive, and also I want to pander to the car-centric dirt brains who who um who who are part of the, the party's base. But the thing is that the HS2 project, no matter both local parties have supported, even Boris Johnson's, even Liz Truss supported, like none of them had thought of even doing anything to it because they all knew that no matter how expensive it got, just the sheer fact that it would get built eventually would be something, right? But no, this government decided that they would chop the the so it's a Y formation, right? It, well, the original plans were Y shape from London through to Birmingham, and it would branch off uh, to Manchester and then to Yorkshire, respectively. The the two uh, Y's there, right? And then trains could continue on through to Scotland. And so the section to Yorkshire was scrapped like last year, again by Richard Sunak, and the section to Manchester was scrapped uh, just last week. The other portion of the plan, which is the plan in the London leg, right? So the leg to London is supposed to terminate at Euston, which is already where trains from Birmingham Manchester end up on the conventional railway. So the section within London has been delayed and probably will be cancelled because one, it is very, very expensive to develop in London. So the prices of doing so just spiraled out of control. And that's it. That's basically it. So the trains, so the entire HS2 project is now between central Birmingham and somewhere in London. But not, not <laughs> in London, just somewhere kind of like not important. And that means that it is a high speed journey to nowhere. You know, it will cut it will take <laughs> it will take the same amount of time to travel to central London from this 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 place, Old Old Comet. Then it so with the the entire journey to central London will take the same amount of time as it does now on conventional railway. So it's like, okay, sure, you freed up capacity um, on traditional railway. For what, though? Like, we spend $100 billion, 100, sorry, 100 billion pounds on what, exactly? You know? Yeah. And, and when you build, you got to build high-speed rail at scale, like you're doing in California, because there's no point building like stop because the money is just wasted if you build at scale it is cheaper if you build a whole network it is just more effective to combine all the things together and like even the original plan has so many flaws in it that it would be another hour of podcasting to explain them all you know like for example the main reason i have main thing i have is that each station on the network is a terminal point now that's fine in london because they're mm. all terminal points in London, but the, the station in Birmingham will be terminal, and the station in Manchester will be terminus too. And that's okay, you can always reverse the trains and whatever, right? But that means that, for example, the, the bit in Birmingham, there's no way for it to go into Wales, for example, and the bit in Manchester, there's no way for it to go to, like, say, Liverpool, for example, 
right? So those have, those have been cut off, even though really they don't need to be. And of course, there's the fact that there's already high speed from London to, to Europe through to Paris, right, by the US star. And so HS2 has no links to that connection. So at present, for example, if I wanted to go to Europe on the train, I would have to take the train to London and then walk like 20 minutes to, to St. Pancras and then get the train uh, to Europe. This project doesn't solve that, that, that little hump there. It would just have the same issue where I'd have to walk all the fucking way to St. Pancras for Eurostar. It, it doesn't make sense. And that's, and that's the thing with, with, with Anglophone neoliberalism is that there is no reason to see beyond the, the next like week or so, the next day at best, right? Because what matters is growth in the short term and not anything long term in the future. And this is like the third time I've mentioned HS2 on this podcast. But it just, it just, it is a, I think for me is a symbol of neoliberal failings in having a vision, right? Because what point is living in a country where there just isn't any vision beyond preserving the status quo? You know, what is the point of, what is the point of being productive in a country that is going to be the same a year from now? Yeah, I mean, it, it's all, a lot of rail stuff is, is heavily mismanaged. Mm-hmm. Like, with, like if I want to go from San Francisco to Mountain View, BART is very heavily uh, integrated into the system. It's on the market corridor, which means if you are on a Muni Metro vehicle, except for T3rd, then you will pass over BART at some point, yeah. and you will be able to transfer to BART. Okay. You can, and then you can take that bar. If it went all the way to all the way to like where you need to go, then you could just take an LRV directly to Bart, and then take Bart all the way down there. But it doesn't solve that issue because they canceled a part of it, and and now you have to transfer to a fucking regional style train, Caltrain, which is uh, Caltrain is baffling mm-hmm. uh, to me in terms of like a practical design. It's very very cool. It is big. Big vehicle. Big. I like that, but I don't understand it. In order to get to Caltrain, you have to take... Like, if you're anywhere north of Market or, or, or west of Market, you have to take an L- an LRV to the Market Quarter, transfer to Enjuda, then go to Caltrain, and then you can board the Caltrain there. It's out of the way. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not on the BART corridor. I feel like there's a very, very common pattern here of canceling very important part parts of transit projects. Yeah, here. yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, like it's it's crazy because it's not like these things can't be done under a capitalist system. Only to look like before the year like 1920 to 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 consider just how effective american rail was how effective how effective the american interurban network was and how effective the american streetcar network was right you don't need to go that far back in history to realize that actually you know like yeah okay capitalism sucks or whatever but we still managed to make these huge vast interconnected networks of 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 public transport that was good and high quality you know, and of course the same is I, same yeah. is true in the UK. Every British city had a tram network. You know, just like in just like in in North America, and they went fucking everywhere. You know, very ironically, there are some streets in Birmingham that still have old tram tracks in them, but 
trams will never run down there ever again. It's weird. And of course, even your contemporary neoliberal capitalist countries like Spain, for example, or France, right, have very high quality networks of of this sort that we're talking about. So, you know, it's not like neoliberalism is incompatible with this stuff. I think it's just the Anglo American strain of neoliberalism that least is kind of short term thinking. Yeah. I mean, at the, the core of it uh is you know, it, it it's become sort of a, a meme catchphrase, but this nation used to build railroads. <laughs> That's a thing we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. We built a, a train across the fucking country. Do you know how big this country is? We put a train across it. We put tracks, and we didn't have computers. We didn't even know shit back then. And we still did it because we wanted yeah. to. And we just decided to do it. We are, we are, as humans, we can do whatever we want if we put ourselves to mm-hmm. it. As, as the richest country in the fucking world, we can do whatever the fuck yeah. we want. And what we want right now is to fucking die in our stupid fucking cars, sitting in traffic, dying from air pollution from the exhaust of the BMW in front of us. All we need to do is just want a railroad, and we can create it in, like, three years. We could build so much shit. We have so much industrial capacity, so much money, and so much will that we could that we could just put into rail and it would be glorious we would have the best transit system ever seen in the entire fucking history of the world if we put our minds to it but we don't we don't because we've fallen for all these fucking neoliberal lobbyist assholes who keep you know paying our politicians to just put put fucking highways everywhere which are super fucking expensive by the way like trains, sure. It's there's metal in there. Have you seen a highway? There's so much concrete. Like that's expensive. So much concrete. There's so much shit. So many resources. Uh, you can build a. You, if you put your mind to it, if we, you know, reduce the the excesses of of contractual uh, construction, we could build a rail for cheaper than highways. It's it's less. It's smaller and it's faster. It's more efficient. It's better. Why aren't we doing this? I fucking hate the government. <laughs> yeah, I I completely agree. Like, why aren't we? Why aren't we doing this? You know, it is, and it, it's like, and if you want to think of it as a return on investment type deal, which you know we shouldn't, right? Because highways don't do returns on investment, right? No one is like, no one has built a motorway and expected it to be a return on investment. We just built them because we needed them to. Right. And like, why can we do that for, for anything else? Why does, I mean, but if you think of it in that stupid return on investment, bullcrap, okay? The, the, the Crossroad project, right? Which linked, which, which punches right through um, East West through, through, through London. That was delayed by a significant amount of time, right? It was over budget, okay? By God knows how much, right? They didn't cut any of it, by the way. So all of it was, was built as intended. Now, even though it was late by so many years and over budget by so much money, it has finally broken even. Even though it was delayed mm-hmm. and even though it was over budget, right? That is just, the, if you build it, they will come. If you, if you, if we, instead of punching Birmingham right through with, with the Queensway tunnels, if we had built like a, a fucking, you know, tube line 
through that tunnel, people would flock to it, right? And 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 it's mm. not like this isn't new. When when Birmingham rebuilt the the city decided to rebuild the the Snow Hill lines, which is like a like a tunnel section that was disused for like like since like nineteen. They thought, okay, we should just rebuild this and like join the tracks so we can reuse the tracks that were just there dormant, right? They 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 fixed it up. They patched it up. They rebuilt mm-hmm. the stations along the on along the line. And guess what? It is overcrowded all the fucking time. <laughs> right? I, I I I used it I went when I worked at a school I had to use the Snow Hill line to get to where the school was. And luckily um I had to head out of town instead of heading into town. So I would get the train at Snow Hill, right? And the train would come in and it would be packed. I mean people would have their faces pressed right up against the glass kind of thing. Okay. And I get on it'd be, it'd be empty because of the empty house. But like how can it be that we keep saying no to these projects when when the existing stuff we have is already overcrowded, right? There's so much demand and we are just deciding not to meet it, right? And I'm, I'm sure BART is like that too. Like it is, you know, chronically overcrowded. So demand is there. The demand is physically there. You can physically see people wanting to jam their, their fleshy bodies into the carriage, okay? They will... They will put their fucking face up against some guy's armpits because they know this is the best way to get to get to work. And yet mm-hmm. the solution to this is to divert funding to building a new motorway. Great. Fantastic. That's all we need. One more lane, bro. One more lane. One more just, lane. just one more lane will we'll fix everything. Just one more fucking lane. <laughs> yeah. And just to, to sort of cap this bit off if you are more interested in the san francisco rail system uh for muni uh metro specifically there's a video by uh floggy city history mm-hmm. i think was the channel and they go over like the history of the metro system and how we got to where we are now Ooh. there were a bunch of older tram systems that you know got shut down they were private and they ran out of money uh lol uh and if you want a a cinematic experience honestly like a, a a really amazing just experience is tunnel vision an unauthorized bart ride mm-hmm. uh he pu- this guy puts a camera on the front of a bart vehicle like sneaks it on and you go throughout the through the entire tunnel and you can just watch the tunnel go by as he sort of recounts like the history of bart and like interviews people who you know like you know managed the bart systems back in the day and now uh and sort of talking about the system it's a wonderful experience if you're at all interested in bart wow uh, cool the, it's if you send me the link so much if you send me the link to that i can put it in the show notes. Uh-huh. yeah okay we we anyway. are getting <laughs> precariously close to time so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna quickly check to see what questions are gonna be useful i again apologize to everyone <laughs> god there were a lot of questions and i i wish i could answer all of them Okay, this one is from May at meow.worm.cat. And the first question that she asks us is, what are your favorite trains, respectively? Well, so, I mean, I, I, I do love Caltrains. Like, uh, the, I think, F40s, mm-hmm. uh, they're just, like, classic American locomotives. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, you know, not particularly good, like, uh, but they look, they look, Awesome. They look impressive. You know, I, I don't like how the MP36s look. Mm. 
you know, they're called the dildo for a reason. <laughs> they're not particularly attractive vehicles. But the, the F-40 is, is beautiful. <laughs> uh, I think, though, for my favorite, it has to be the, the Muni Metro Siemens vehicles. Mm. Uh, they're they're just beautiful design, very impressive technically. Uh, to go so fast during the underground sections, and then still, and like they switch between uh automatic train control and manual train oh, control wow. multiple times on each journey throughout the system. That's very cool. It, it's it's very very cool train system. For me, my favorite train is full. Well, it's gonna have to be none of the British railway trains. Because they all kind of suck in very different ways. Uh, the new ones, for example, have uh, what's called uh, ironing board seats. Uh, even mm. in first class, by the way, they have terrible seats. That's the kind of shit we're talking about. Um, and the older ones are kind of okay, but they're just a little bit kind of cramped. Uh, this is because British trains have a very narrow loading gauge. And so the physical limits of the network are quite small so these trains are smaller than it would be in europe so they're quite cramped so in that case i think my kind of favorite train i suppose is probably gonna be um just just the metro trains the metro trams they are spacious um the seats are pretty decent for like a for like a metro network and i do like the way train the tram kind of looks when it goes around a corner it's kind of this very kind of groovy, kind of mind-bendy kind of way that they, they make corners. They screech a lot. It screeches mm. a lot. But I like the, the mind-bendy way they are. Yeah, the train is angry. The train is angry. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> being being forced to take a sharp corner. I think I think maybe a couple of questions. Nay at social.zeno me. I guess it's Xenofem. Oh, I love Xenofem. They're, they're great guys. They're, they're great guys. Great guys uh, on, on Xenofem. I love being a body without organs. <laughs> I love the Numagram. So, Nay asks us, should I go for her? Yes. Absolutely. You should, uh, you should go for her. Hopefully in mm. a romantic sense. Otherwise, I am not responsible for any kind of murder step. Yes, stalk me. Yeah, sure, you can stalk me. Um that's 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 how I fucked it. Uh let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Makes me feel wanted. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is a question from uh Winter from at social.translunar.academy. Hi Winter. Um so this is the Snowflake uh person who was asked this question. Yes, that would be Winter. Ah the winter head. Oh I see, I see. Okay, okay. So this question is for you, and not for me. Oh, okay, well, whatever. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine, Winter. Um, you find yourself in a remote, high redshift server, having no memory of entry. You try to fall back, but you are ether-locked. Ooh, that's a nice word. You, are most, you most likely used your ND implant to dissociate, and you have an internal interface. You are certain of only one thing. You are not alone here. What will you do? Oh, shit. Oh, God. Imagining I'm just some random technopath and not, like, you know, the messenger of Aeon. Uh, I mean, if you're in, you know, a foreign server that, and you know that there are others around nearby, 
the first step is always to, you know, raise your shields and try to prevent them from, you know, sort of going into your head and figuring out whatever. Probably would try some sort of uh, obtech, uh, obspec uh, st- uh, to hide myself in order to uh, buy enough time to get into, get behind cover, get into like a ideal location uh, mm-hmm. to sort of uh, spot my adversaries uh, and see whoever else is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would probably be my uh, Aether Glow response sized uh, thing that I would do. Okay. I didn't know Winter even listened to this podcast. It's very nice to, to know that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Hi, Winter. Hi, Winter. Hi, Winter. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I mean, I hope they do. Cause... Please don't kill him. <laughs> I mean, I hope they do. It, it'd be kind of weird if, if they asked the question and then didn't listen to the podcast at all. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. There's so many good questions here. And I really wish I could ask, ask, ask all of them. Uh, do, wait, do, do you think you could pick one? Oh, I could I could open Fetty. <laughs> it, I hate the Akuma interface. Oh, okay. To see has a lot of things here. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on the no living man can kill me being outsmarted? Ooh. And what would be your favorite iteration of that? That's a good question. I do I do like this trope. I, act, yeah. I do like this trope a lot. It's like, yeah, no man can kill me, and I'm actually a woman. I mean, honestly, the iconic version I think is obviously course from Lord of the Rings. I think I would say. That's my favorite just because it's just so, so iconic and so well done. Um, that is just like a surprise to everyone. I, I mean, is it, it's, a, it's a standard answer, but it's a good answer. I think it's quite, a, quite an iconic scene in that regard. Yeah. I, I don't really consume much media that, like traditional. Right. Uh, so I don't really have like a favorite iteration of it. Uh, but I do think uh, specifically uh, one really nice sort of adjacent thing I saw is you know, sort of uh, a combination of a bisexual and a gender fluid person, where the gender fluid person gets to decide whether or not their partner is gay at any moment. <laughs> okay, that's that's great. That is fantastic. I I love that one. Ooh, okay. So this one is from Ma at ak dot Zweite Kabasi, uh, fucking Zvita Kasabita. Zvita Kasabita? Is that? Zvita Kasabita de Jetzt. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it looks like it. I, I know a little bit of German. Oh, okay. Zvita Kasabita dot yeah. Zest. Okay, well, we both tried to pronounce your instance name. Um, so your question. I did it better. You, yeah, you. You know, Absher's Tauba and such. Yeah, a BMW, uh, Bosch to you too, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> what is the least comfy furniture you've ever slept on um oh yeah yeah i can answer this one actually um so i was at a sleepover at my friend's house um and they had a sofa that i slept on and i, I don't know what it was but i feel like they i feel like there was like a wooden plank <laughs> through the cushions mm. just an awful night's sleep that was um and i'm so glad i was like 20 years old then because like getting like bad sleep when you're 20 is like a a lesser evil than getting bad sleep when you're 28. Probably would have to be an airplane seat. Oh, uh, God, yeah, they actually... Actually, you know what? Yeah, never mind, actually, I changed my answer. Airplane seats are quite uncomfortable. I have been on one business class... Well, two business class flights. It was a round trip. Sure. The seats there are, are fucking wild. I want that seat in my apartment. Right, yes, I know what you mean. Uh, I, I have flown business class like a yeah. couple of times in my life, um, and the seats are just just insane it's like wow yeah i can see why people would spend 
money on this. I mean, it's expensive. Yeah. Fucking expensive. I only got to go in business class because it was like £100 extra. Um, and I was already paying like a good couple of hundred for this, for this flight. So I was like, okay, well, a couple hundred for this experience, I might as well. So an extra hundred for this experience, might as well. Um, wow. Yeah, I can see why people fight business. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not as good as, like, my Aeron. I prefer my Aeron. Mm. But the the way it, like, tilts backwards and, like, yeah. all that stuff, it, it's just, it's it's a wonderful chair. It it sucks, but it's a, it, in terms of airplane chairs, it's pretty good. Yes, I agree with you on, on that point. I think an interesting question, if we have yes. time, is tragedy or comedy? Ooh. So this is something that I don't know. I think I might be a bit on the minority here, but I really like uh, bad traumatic endings to things. <laughs> I, I like it when like the characters like are completely fucked, like not not sexually, but in terms of mental state. Right, like, like House of Leaves. Uh, I haven't specifically seen that, but like, oh my god, man, that that book is such a mere book. Like it is, it is such. It is written. For you, Mia. It is like I will. It. I will have to. Read you're, it. You're, you. Okay. If you. You will have to get the color edition. Oh, it is very. Yeah. Send. Send me a link after the podcast, yeah, and I'll torrent it. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure. Hopefully, the ebook version is has color in it. But yeah, yeah. It is. It is. I mean, honestly, it is one of those books that you should really buy a physical copy of, just because the physicality of the book is part of the the whole thing itself. Like so, so basically the mm-hmm. the core premise, which is difficult to say, there isn't really a core premise as such. But the 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 main focus is that there's a this is a book about a manuscript about a film that's about. So this is a book about a manuscript about a screw about a a script that's from a film. Okay, and the film mm-hmm. centers around this family that's moved into this house. And the house has a interesting problem where the walls on the inside, I think, are like a handful of millimeters larger than the outside. Just a handful mm-hmm. of millimeters. Just enough that there's a discrepancy. And it just kind of devolves from there. So you're kind of reading like three stories at once. But even more incredible oh. is that because it's a book, it, it kind of pushes the boundaries of it being a book. It's like, how can all of this be on physical book? You know, like, and I'm not, I don't know if they made an e-book version of it. I wonder if they would do the same kind of tricks there. But I feel like it's, it, couldn't, it can only exist as a book. You know, like there's moments where the the text goes over the place. There's moments where the text is back to front. There's moments where the text itself creates shapes that you can only see if you kind of hold it in a certain way. And at one point, I think there's like a musical interlude, but written in 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 musical notes. Hmm. The the best part is that the the front cover is ever so slightly smaller than the book. By you guessed it. A handful of millimeters. Oh, that's that's so good. Yeah, I I will definitely have to read that. That that sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's one of there's there, It's yeah. one of my favorite books of all time, just because it has a it has a very very very. It is this is one of those books that is confusing, and that's okay because your confusion is part of the story. 
right? Like, there are books that are, like, cerebral and intellectual, whatever, and you get confused reading them because just so much. This book has so much going on because it is intended to do so. Your confusion is part of the story. Your, your emotions, the way you feel about the book itself is part of the story, you know? And that's why it's such a good book, because it's this very good piece of metafiction that is both incredibly pretentious and also not at the same time. I mean, I like, I, I really enjoyed uh, Madoka Magica. Yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically the pain. I really like the pain. Mm. Uh, and there's this, this Twitter poster, Bran, uh, who a couple people might know. Uh, don't go onto that account unless you are very prepared. Uh, there's, there's a lot of shit that goes on on that sure. account. Uh, but there's a lot of, like, bad ending stuff of, like, you know, basically, you know, puppy girl gets abused and then uh, they think that they've, like, found someone who will protect them and then they get abused again. Wow. And it's just, like, that wonderful feeling of just pain and trauma that you get for that, like, bad ending of that sort of tragic uh, story. It's It's... It's it's wonderful in my opinion, but I I am very much in the minority here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you definitely are. I I'm I am gonna have to take that explicit content box, aren't I? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh oh no, okay. Well, we'll take one more question, and that is from of course the A system. So it is at a at uh, dot plus dot st. What country is st anyway? I, oh my god, Saint is it Saint? It's gotta be like Saint something, right? Like I. I don't know any countries that like start with an ST noise or end in an ST noise or like has the two letters together in some way. Like, I mean, I guess I'll look it up. What, what is, what kind of ST country code? For Sao Tome. Oh, Sao Tome and Princip, Principa, Princip, Princip. It's, it was one of those Central African countries. Okay. You know, so it's colonialism. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, sorry. So, uh, the, the question from the A system, I believe this is, Alyssa speaking. Question. Do you believe HD DVD is vastly superior to Blu-ray? Yes, of course. And so, it, it, I mean, it was really nice being on this podcast with you, Yassi, and, and going through all of these wonderful questions that people had. It, it is a shame that we've reached time at, the, at this point. <laughs> we have to end now. Uh but you know, it, it was it was such a wonderful experience being on here and being given attention. For about two hours it, it, it makes me want to start my own podcast that is effort so i'll just have to stay on the yas cast for now <laughs> every episode from now on will be me by the way oh, okay. uh, submit your your questions yeah it was it was nice uh <laughs> being on the podcast are you doing the outro to my uh, to my show too <laughs> yeah fuck you <laughs> My podcast now, bitch. <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> so this has been the Yascast with me, your host, Yasin, and our lovely guest, Mia. Yes. Follow my account. I'll approve it in like three oh, weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I should say that. So uh, I am Yassi underscore J at zero W zero dot IS. And this is Mia at void dot rehab that I've. I just realized that I have forgotten to introduce my handle for like the past like three episodes. I mean, I don't think it particularly mm-hmm. matters because like if you're watching this podcast, you should probably know who I am. But watching watching this podcast, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, 
This episode was hosted, directed, and edited by me, Yasin, with a guest star from me. This episode was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Um, they have unfortunately gone to sleep. Woo! Oh no, yeah. they're back. Oh, great. Woo. Yeah, I love Mia. <laughs> That's good night for me, Yasin. Yeah, sleepy. Uh, you're supposed to say good night too, I guess. Oh, good, good, good night. <laughs>